What's up, y'all, and welcome to episode two of Carolina Takedown Talk. This is a podcast that we're going to cover North Carolina wrestling from middle school to high school to college and everything in between. We are presented by North. Uh, we are presented by Carolina Matt News and Frank Smithwick. I'm Ryan Mitchell, and I'm joined by Rhett Hoy. So, Rhett, we're here. We're going to talk a little bit about big boards. We're going to jo- jump into some college talk today. I'm excited, man. I'm excited to to talk a little bit about some of the college programs in the state that uh, you know, we've got a bunch of of ranked guys in programs in this state that looking back years past this hasn't happened. And I'm just really excited to see what happens with these programs, what happens with these kids getting into the postseason and you know, I'm really excited about how how much this state our state's programs have progressed and the the success that we are having at the collegiate level true man i feel like we've we've got a lot of college programs and all the college programs in our state are jumping levels pretty quickly um before we jump into college let's, let's, i want to update a team race update after our last episode I got a few messages um, about Caden Early is no longer at Lake Norman. He's back at AC Reynolds, um, and Caden confirmed that to me himself. So he's back at AC Reynolds. That doesn't really curb my uh, excitement about the 4A race or even Lake Norman. Uh, I feel like they're going to still have the horses to be in the thick of things. It's just a, a note there that he is back at AC Reynolds. And uh, speaking of early and other big boarders. So I want to kind of talk about the big boards a little bit um, that like why I started doing them, how I started doing them. Um, so the big boards were, were kind of an idea I came up with from uh, Willie Saylor and the flow guys. I saw that they had those on their website and I always thought it'd be really cool to kind of do that for our North Carolina guys and just kind of get them some representation and um, just get them out there and promote them a little more uh, to these college coaches and, just get get their name a little bit more recognition. Um, and Frank kind of just reached out to me originally when uh, he started Carolina's Matt News, and I was uh, tweeting back and forth with him about a couple different things. And it was just an idea I kind of took with and ran with. Um, now, guys, I want to make it pretty clear that I'm pretty open-minded about the big boards. If you think I'm wrong about something, email me, DM me, whatever. I, I try to see the see the world in gray, not black and white. So, I'm open to all ideas. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to say I'm the end all be all of North Carolina wrestling or any wrestling for that matter. So if you think I'm wrong, let me know. I don't. I don't mind. I'm. I'm pretty open minded. Um, open for discussion, huh? Yeah, always, always. You know, you've given me a hard time about a couple of rankings here and there, and I, I'm always willing to listen. I definitely don't think I'm always right for sure. Um, but there's. They're not straight up state rankings either it's not really like oh, okay this guy beat this guy or okay um this guy won four state titles this guy won two like last year um kobe early had more state titles than donald cates but i had donald cates above him um part of it is my opinion or the what i think is the potential of each guy on the collegiate le- level and uh, part of it's a big part of it's national level results and how they do and then 
uh, the other components, kind of the big wins that they occur over uh, their career, um, just as far as elite wins, whether it's on a national level or within a state level. So I kind of take all three of those factors, and that's where I came come up with the rankings and how I project those out. Um, if you want, like, straight-up state rankings, the, the ncmat.com is still doing those state rankings. Uh, I don't think they've updated them for the season yet, but we're still a couple months out. Um, so the ncmat.com. Are those, like, the old-school retro rankings? Yeah, so like we used to have we are, whenever I was in high school. So originally Dave Barker and uh, Sarah Coney, they, they made the Super Theory 2 rankings, which was on ncmat.com. And then when uh, your era kind of came, it was retro rankings with Will Wolf. And then uh, now the ncmat.com is a couple coaches that are coming together, putting that together. Um, so we kind of transitioned through a different couple different websites. Um, but the, that's where the best state rankings are. Rank wrestlers does state rankings as well, but, uh, their formula sometimes can be a little, a little wonky, um, but so first, just straight up state rankings. That's the place to go if you're looking for big boards, which is kind of projection. You know, their college stuff, um, southeastwrestle.com is kind of where it's at for, for that kind of stuff. And I'm, I'm kind of working on right now, kind of a season hub where I'm going to put links to the ncmat.com state rankings, the big boards, and all different types of stuff for this upcoming season to try to just catch the eye of people. So uh, I, just, I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about that. And the whole point of them is just kind of promote our guys, give them a little bit more recognition to the college guys. And it all just started pretty much with some, some tweets between Frank and I and him asking if I had any content ideas. Um, so I'll, I'll, if it's all right with you, Ray, I kind of want to dive into a couple guys per big board. Um, not necessarily the number ones or number twos, just some guys I, I want people to – to know their names and pay attention to them going into this season. Definitely. Let's do it, man. You put a lot of work into those big boards. How, how many hours a week or let's say a month, like how, how many hours do you put in on those big boards? Oh man. Uh, it's hard to gauge so, some weeks. It's uh, it's like 12 to 25 probably. Um, and then some, it's a little more, um, it all depends on like, like when we had Super Thirty Two, and we had uh, a couple weeks ago when I felt like we had a couple tournaments back to back. It was a little more um, time consuming, and then here lately we've kind of had a little bit of a lull. So I've had a little bit of um, not as much time into them, but def- definitely, it definitely takes some time for sure. I got like a couple spreadsheets that I go through, and I keep results in, and um, just kind of some notes about each guy, and then kind of go from there. So it can be a lengthy process, but it's all worth it if it gets these guys' names out there. Um, so the the class of 2021, so that's our current senior group. Number 15, Elijah Boyd. I watched this kid wrestle at the Gauntlet Wrestling Productions uh, wrestling match. And, man, I'm super high on this kid. Belmont Abbey got a great one. He uh, – he looks to score points all the time. His style is really awesome. He's got some deficiencies on bottom, uh, which he admitted in, in that gauntlet interview. But he, uh, I feel like he's going to be able to shore that up. And he, he's just limitless potential in my mind. Two-time runner-up last year, losing to Kyle Montepetro in the finals. But, man, he's, he's going to be really good on this next level. Um, and then sticking that same thing, it's 15, 16, 17. He's out of Reedsville, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, Reedsville kid. Two-time state runner-up there. 
Um, School of Hard Knocks is where he trains in the off season. Well, so right, right behind. Still going one twenty this year. Uh, it, he he would weighed in at like one twenty five ish for that Gauntlet Wrestling Productions thing, and that's probably where I see him this year. I'm not really sure. I haven't talked to him in a while about his weight or anything like that, but um, I could see him that one twenty five, one thirty. Uh, two one twenty six range, one of those weights. Um, and behind him, you got Aiden Hyatt. So Aiden Hyatt's kind of gone under the radar a little bit because he was injured um, last year. He kind of like made it like about halfway through the year and had a season-ending injury, um, maybe a little less than halfway. But he's got some big wins, like including over Hunter Ross, who's really high on the big board. So Aiden Hyatt's one to watch out. He's going to probably wrestle about one forty five this year. Some studs in that way area, but um, definitely he's a kid out of West Stanley to keep an eye on. And then I think the now he took third the year before he got injured. Right? Yeah, yeah. So that that year he took third is when he had that, his big win over Hunter Ross, and I think he had another win over him um, at, at another point in the year as well. Um, and number seventeen, right behind him, Joe. I have say I'm gonna butcher his last name. Sorry, Joe. Joe Zarvatsky, Joe Z, um, he's in, out of Weddington. Now, his brother was an App State wrestler. Uh, he's a, Joe Z's a really good football player, but he's pretty underrated, I think, by me as far as um, number 17. He's already committed to App. He, uh, he had a big win in the quarters in his sophomore season on his way to a runner-up fish over Tristan Norris. Um and local kid, local, local kid from where, where we're living, man. Yeah, I mean, you and me have seen uh, Tristan since he was a kid, uh, just kind of developing that style. I mean, I've I've said this in another place uh, before, but uh, I've been lucky enough to watch Tristan since he was in early middle school, and I, I kind of knew then what he was going to be coming out. And uh, we have a couple mutual friends that know him pretty well as far as like his style and being able to work out with him and. They they speak volumes about him. Like they were think he's going to. Everything really... that I've heard about everything I've heard about Norris is that the kid does not stop working. Oh yeah, he is a workhorse every single day. And when he steps in the room, like he wants to go. He does not stop. He doesn't have a brake pedal. He is all gas. And at that weight and at that at that size and intensity that he wrestles at, it's tough for kids to match it. For sure. I, I'm really high on him um, as well. So those those three kids, though, really, and four, if you include Norris, Elijah Boyd, Aiden Hyatt, and Josie off of that senior big board, everybody needs to keep an eye on them. They're a little lower as far as the big board goes. They're 15, 16, 17. But, man, I, I really like their potential. So heading to the 2022 class, uh I'm probably unreasonably high on number eight, Joe Jordan. I've had I had him number two until the last update. He was a freshman state champ for Avery. Um, he looked amazing all year long. I really like his style. Can attack legs really well. Um, he though was injured uh, in the preseason before last year and we haven't seen him since so that's why I dropped him to eight because I'm a little concerned that injury wise I don't know where he's going to be at when he gets back it's been a long time off the mat but man if he can return to form I really like that kid um 
and especially being in that Avery, Avery room right there, he's going to have Ethan Shell to kind of uh, push him back into shape there. Those two, I'm sure, go back and forth a lot in the room. And then uh, that whole room is just like a murderer's row right now. That whole room, that's got to be one of the toughest rooms in the whole state, that Avery room. For sure. I mean, how would you like to step in that room and just watch Joy Jordan and Ethan Shell drill even or just go after it with each other and then and then step over to the next part and you got, you know, uh, you got like Lucas Andrews and uh, Levi Andrews and one of them graduated this year, but uh, Lucas did or last year. But uh, and you just, I mean, you got Seth Blackledge, state champ. You just, I mean, just everywhere hammers for sure. Right. So this next kid, Caleb Campos, he's not a kid that um is going to probably get talked about a lot in the season because he's an independent school kid. He's at Cannon High School. Um, and but he all American at national preps not last year but two years ago. Uh. And now he's jumping up a bunch of weight. He all American at 120, and he's been wrestling 170, 182. So I really, I really, I said this a couple times in a couple articles. I really would like to see him against some of our top public school kids right at the same weight, just kind of see where he's at. But right. keep a, keep an eye on him as the off season, as that spring season keeps coming. Now, he won't have to worry about – they're competing right now, so he won't have to worry about having to compete in the folk style season. He can start free, thinking about freestyle or paying attention to those off-season tournaments. So um, I think he's he's someone – just just style-wise, I think he's someone the college coaches um, would really – once they got a hold of him and put him in the room, he, he can make a lot of level jumps for sure too. And then uh, the last guy from that big board is uh, Matt Rowland. So this kid has been everywhere in this COVID offseason, and he's been wrestling. He wrestled really well at Super 32. He wrestled really well at Grapple, Grappler Fall Classic. He's, he's a 113-pounder. Um, I think that's where he'll end up in the season. This kid, dude, do not take a bad shot on this kid. He'll make you pay. Um, really great go-behinds, down blocks. And he actually has a big win, big wins over some of the guys ranked higher than him. Um, didn't have the best state tournament in terms of like where he really um, could have finished last year. So that's why he's a little lower. Uh, but I'm excited to see him. He seems like he's really jumped levels in the off season. So excited to see him against those top kids again. And then, uh, so we got the, 2023, that's the last year's freshman class, this year's sophomore class. So number seven, Nathan Carnes. He's he was a 195-pound freshman for a state qualifier. That doesn't come easy, right? Like you don't see that very often, kids at that weight as freshmen and qualifying for the 4A state tournament. It, yeah, he's a, he's a he was at 195 last year. He's been wrestling was 220 as of late. Year, um, so, state qualif... No, no, definitely not. Especially at 4A. And then he has some big wins this yeah, offseason, too. Um, that's kind of put him in the radar. I really think he's got a title contender at 220 if that's where he really ends up. He's going to be right in the thick of things with some of these guys and um, 220 was shaping up 195, 220 at 4A is going to be kind of fire as far as like you're going to have some state runoffs. You might have 
there's like three state champs around that way. Yeah, Holden Cipher and um, you got Caleb Tate and you got Sakari Morrison and then you got Carson Floyd. You got Nathan Carnes. You got Ryland Van. You got Joshua George. Like all these, top, those are all guys that have finished a top three in the state tournament or top four. So it's it's gonna be a, a really good weight for ways there. So I'm excited to see where uh, Carnes ends up. Um, he, I mean, he's young. You know how it is with those first couple of years. You're making really big jumps on your style. And then the other guy, another guy that um, placed at a yeah. little bit more of a higher weight as a freshman, Alex Hopper out of top sale. Um, now, he placed at 138 uh, as a freshman at 3A. Um, he took fifth. And – I just I, I really like kids that are able to put it together, place at those middle to upper weights as freshmen. I just feel like that's kind of special. Now it's it's happening more frequently than it used to, but I still think that it's it's rare and it's something that we need to really pay attention to. Um, so I really want I really would like for people to watch out for that kid, especially he's coached by Wes Whitman, um, a former Western North Carolina guy out there now at the beach. Um, I really feel like he's a, he's a great coach that's going to help Hopper drop, drop another couple levels up in there in that title contender uh, discussion. So is the, here come the freshmen, man. And I'm telling you, this these top two, Cage Williams and Joe Seeley, they might be the best two kids ever entering high school in North Carolina. I, and, the, I, and <laughs> you know I, I'm like, Big wow. on Landon Four. I th- I'm really really high on him. I I uh, coming into high school, there was so much talk about Chris Bullins. Um, but man, there, I I think Teague Little said this uh, on Twitter, Instagram, on one of the Carolinas Matt News stuff. Is there's real talk that like Joe Seeley might be the best kid in our state, and he hasn't even wrestled a high school match. Like he is really really good. He has wins over Aiden Curry. Yeah. He has wins over Riley Edwards. I mean, these are top-level guys in our state. And he's he's making it look easy against those guys, honestly. Uh, and then Cage Williams, he's – I mean, he's up there um, as well. I mean, he's a fresh – he's going to be a freshman at 182, 195. I'm not sure where he's going to end up. He's going to wrestle for Todd Odom at Robbinsville. So, both those guys, man, I think everybody kind of knows those those names – uh, right now, I don't think me saying that's a surprise to anybody listening, but those two guys are going to really uh, – they're going to kind of take the – I think they're going to take North Carolina to the next level with them. They're both ranked on um, Willie Saylor's uh, Matt Scouts big boards for freshmen. I think Sealy's like 11th and Williams is like 30th. So they're ranked on the national big board with him, and which is saying a lot um, because Willie Saylor seems to find like all these gems of talent. So – um, those guys are just just next level talent coming up. So, everybody, everybody, if you don't know their name now, you will by the end of the year. I guarantee that. Yeah, for sure. And that. So, keeping with that, like going to the middle school one, this kid named Jax Forrest, he's ranked second in the country uh, by Willie Taylor at his weight class. Um, this kid. He, he's been wrestling all over. He's Super 32 uh, middle school champ. He wrestled at Tulsa, took third. Um, he, he's gonna, he is going to join that dis- discussion next year when he comes to high school and be right there with Seeley and Cage Williams. It's, like, it's going to be like this new uh, 
youth movement for those three. I, like I said, they're going to kind of take North Carolina to the next level, I think. And I do want to talk about the women's big board, but I, th- I want to talk about all women's wrestling in the next episode. So we'll save the women's big board for, for next time. So that way we can uh, talk about that and then just talk about women's wrestling in general in North Carolina and, and things that we were talking about before. But um, last thing I mentioned about high school, and then let's dive into some college stuff, is that the uh, the independent school state tournament is this weekend. So try to catch Caleb Campos and uh, a guy named Hudson Jones and a kid named Trey Wilfong in action. It's all going to be uh, – you can see on track. I don't think it's going to be live stream, but you can keep those updates up there. So uh, diving into those big boards, I'm sure that's not the last time we'll talk about big boards and those kids on there and stuff. But I, I, de- I definitely want to talk about college because, man, SOCOMs is this weekend. ACCs is this weekend. And you and I are both big college wrestling fans, obviously. So I want to dive into that. I am pumped for this college postseason. But I do want to kind of start off with a little bit of a of sad news. You know, we, we had it uh, – they released it, but Davidson, uh, Davidson has made the decision to shut down athletics – and which means that uh, due to COVID, Davidson Wrestling's or Davidson's wrestling program is not allowed to compete at the SoCon Championships this weekend. And yeah, I just they, hate it hearing for those hearing it for those seniors, or just really for for all those guys. You know, I mean, to work all season and to work so hard just to hear a week away that you're not going to get to. I mean, it doesn't really compare last year to the D2 guys and the D3 guys that were warming up and literally warming up and then hear that, you know, they have to clear the mats because of uh, not not the famous wrestlers now clear the mats phrase that we all want to hear and we all can't wait to hear. But one that was a little bit more somber that was uh, your season shut down. Man, it stinks. What do you think about pause that their wrestling activities right and, and their and their season like that um, due to COVID really sucks. Um, just they're out, they're out, man. They're done. Their season's done. I hate it for the seniors. Um, you know the the hard part too is like technically they don't have to send their team to SoCon's to qualify anybody for NCAA's. Um, just because of the way that the NCAA kind of bent the rules for COVID, they're saying that, or that they're saying that if a guy doesn't attend the conference tournament due to COVID stuff, that they could qualify. But the season that Davidson kind of put together, they don't have anybody that is going to be able to get an at-large bid. They're going to have to be automatic qualifiers. So as soon as, as soon as they were out of SoCon's, their season is done. And like you said, I really just hate it for those senior kids, man. That never. Uh, Never get a chance again. I mean, they, they do have that free eligibility year, so they could come back one more year. But there's a lot more factors that go into it than just saying, yes, I want to take another year. You know, it's paying for another year of school and having to work out for another year when they might just want to be done. So sucks for Davidson. Wish they were there. We got some other some big news in North Carolina College stuff, though, Rhett. We got a, we got a transfer portal update. Uh, Timothy Decatur is in the transfer portal. He's he's moving on from Chapel Hill. 
I really see him end up at Pembroke. This is me saying this with no inside knowledge. I I don't know Timothy Decatur. I don't know his family. I don't know the people close to him, but I just think it makes the most sense for him to end up at uh, Pembroke with his brother and kind of maybe him being at 33, his brother being at 25 going forward and um, having them back together. Um, we'll see what, what the future holds, though. You think he'll be down there with O.T. Johnson and Andrew Coburn down there at the coast down at Pembroke, huh? I do, man. I th- With his brother. A little bit of a family in- reunion there. I think it makes the most sense. Uh, I don't know where he's going to end up. I, I definitely think that makes sense. Um, but I think for him, it's just going to be, you know, where he's going to feel comfy, where he's going to where he's going to fit in well. And I am going to have to agree with you. I think that UNCP um, down at Pembroke, I think that's going to be the place that he ends up. Right now, they're ranked number 24 in the nation in D2. Great coaching staff. Uh, O.T. Johnson's one of my favorite people that I've met you know, in the state. Great guy. Big, big personality. Uh, brought in Andrew Coburn. Um, he was a heavyweight, 197 in heavyweight form. And he's their assistant. Great staff, great personalities. They really care about their kids. They want to work hard. And his brother's there. So I I, I am going to have to pick right now that my front runner for where Decatur is going to end up. Yeah, I think it makes the most sense. I'm going to have to agree. And like I said, I have no inside knowledge now. on that. I just that's, – that's where I think. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you about O.T. Johnson and the stuff he's putting together there. Like they were – man, they were probably hit the most by the – the, the COVID cancellation while they were there, they had a squad last year, but, and shout out to their 125 pounder, Nick Daggett, man. Um, North Carolina kid, three-time state champ, um, NHSCA, All-American. He's ranked sixth right now, man. He, he could just, he could just as easily win, win nationals this year. So I'd like to see that. Um, I think he can. He's one of those kids that if he puts the right, if he puts the right tournament together, and he he brings it up and he's ready to go, I really do think that he can put it together and win it. He's stud everywhere on his feet on top. I mean, that's gonna be my pick at at, at one twenty five. I think he is going to put it together. He's been wrestling tough, and OT knows how to put people in the finals. There, you know, OT has uh has a history of, of putting champs through Pembroke. Daniel Owen be a local guy from up here, two-time national champ. Then he had, you know, he's had numerous All-Americans. So I think Dag could put it together and uh, and walk away. Man, I'd love to see it. You know, always room for these North Carolina kids. So let's, let's talk some uh, App State Campbell because it's going to be pretty much a dogfight between these two. Schools at SoCon tournament in Boone, North Carolina, this weekend. Honestly, like it's gonna be. I feel like the finals might end up being just a just a dual meet between between the two teams. Uh, apps Apps got four horses in Cody Russell and William Formato and Thomas Flitz and Jonathan Milner. So two out of those guys, Flitz and Milner, North Carolina household names. And then uh, Campbell's got Austin Murphy. 
Josh Heil, Caleb Hopkins, and Ben Barton. I feel like those are kind of their top four. So Flitz and Murphy, they're going to hit at 174 head-to-head. They're, they're, I feel like they're kind of destined to meet the finals at 174. And the, in the duel, Murphy beat Flitz, and it really came down to that Flitz could not – he couldn't finish, man. He got in deep like four times, and uh, Murphy continued to either – stop it or he actually scored twice off of it uh and then jonathan miller versus josh josh heil is probably going to be the match of the tournament man like uh 149 both nationally ranked and they but after they make the finals the ncaa qualifications are already locked up it's just going to matter huge for both guys about seed seed's going to matter so much this year heading into ncaa's because just seeds and mindset. Yeah, with this seeds and mindset right now. With this condensed it, season so and just they have we the app and Campbell and um, some of the other schools just haven't had a chance to like hit these top Big Ten schools or even some of the ACC schools. So they got to set themselves up by doing really well within right. their conference to get themselves a decent seed. So for High on Milner, it's going to be really important for that match, and then that's going to help decide that team race too. The thing about all all eight of those guys, the four for App, the four for Campbell, is despite the fact that, like, they – except for the 149 found out, they have to all win to automatically qualify for NCAAs because SOCON didn't get all the allocations. Um, beneath, like, the after the champ, it's just their automatic qualifier is the champ, and then uh, they didn't get many pre-allocations past that. But all those guys have had good enough seasons where I feel like if they don't win, they'll still get an at-large bid. Now, the kid, Caleb Caleb Hopkins from Campbell, dude, this guy is a hammer on top. I think, honestly, him and Milner in particular, um, when it comes to NCAAs, those are guys are guys you don't want to draw. If, you, if you're a Big Ten guy or if you're a, um, a higher seed from an ACC school or – uh, if you're coming out of the Big 12 and you got a good seed, you don't want to see Caleb Hopkins and Jonathan Milner because they're going to wrestle you tough from their feet, and then when they get on top, they're going to score points. So it's just like a bad matchup for anybody, I think, going forward. So it, it's it's going to be interesting. Definitely. I do want to go back to the Flitz and, and Murphy match. You did say that the Flitz last time had a tough time finishing and scoring those points, I think they will meet up in the finals again this coming up weekend. I think Flitz wins it, though. I think Flitz puts it together. I think Flitz take down, or takes Murphy down. Um, that's going to be my pick at 174 for SoCons this weekend is going to be Flitz taking out Murphy. I think he's going to put it together. He's going to surge here at the end of the season. I think John Mark Bentley up there at App State, up in Boone, is going to put put them in the best position to to compete. And I really think App State takes SoCon this year. I think Cody Russell for me at 125 is going to be a dark horse to All American this year. I think he puts together an All Americans in a really tough weight class. You know, that's of course led up by Spencer Lee from Iowa. And Jacob Camacho from NC State, we'll, we'll probably talk about later. But I really think Cody Russell can put it together and come up 
and all Americans. Yes, I mean, 125 is wide open. It's like Spencer Lee and then everybody else, right? Um, so Russell could be right in there. I think uh, Fermato, too, from App, he's going to be right in there um, to all American. I mean, 165 is a little deeper than 125, so you're going you're gonna to see a little bit more of a nip and tuck type matches from the round of 16 on, but those two guys, I think, are your are your dark horse AAs from App, and then, uh, like I said, I really like Caleb Hopkins from Campbell, and it's gonna be tight, man. It's gonna come down to to not these eight guys, but it's gonna come down to the Anthony Burritos and the um, Sean Carter type guys, and then for um, it's gonna come down to for Campbell to Bailey and uh, Hicksonbaugh. Those guys are gonna have to step up and, and we'll see where they place and that they're going to make the difference in the team race. But uh, I heard you mention a uh, Jacob Camacho for NC state and NC state is loaded. It's ridiculous how good they are. They're so ridiculous. good right Number now. Four in so the country good. out of, out of Raleigh, North Carolina coach pop up there. And it's, it's crazy. You've got number six, Jacob Camacho, number 10, Jarrett Trombley, number eight, Tariq Wilson, 157. You got number two, Hayden Hidley. Uh, you got 165, Thomas Bullard, 174, Daniel Bullard, Thomas at, at 19, and Daniel's at number eight. And 184, number three, you got Trent Hidley. Number or 197, number 18, you got Isaac Trumbull. You know, he's a freshman at one. Yeah, that's crazy. I, he knocked Nick Greenan out of the lineup, which is shocking to me. Nick Greenan was a guy that was opposite David Taylor at Final X a few years ago, and he just cannot stay healthy, so that sucks. But Trumbull knocking him out of the lineup and being super impressive so far this year with that win over uh, Nino Batacorsi put himself up there in the top five. It's, NC State just looks super good. I really like Jacob Camacho. I think watching him wrestle is really fun. He's really fun to watch. There, his match with Sam Latona of Virginia Tech was awesome the other week. So, um, NC State's going to qualify nine. I mean, at least nine. They might get their 149-pounder, um, Ed Scott. He's a true freshman out of PA. I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if they qualified all ten for NCAAs if and it wouldn't shock me at all if NC State sends all 10 up there. They are, yeah, they are obviously they're going to push the for that board. trophy, right? They're ranked fourth right now, uh, with all those hammers going through. Camacho could be in the finals, Hidley, both Hidleys could be in the finals, or uh, Hadley's could be in the finals. Um, I mean, you could see Tariq Wilson being really high, Tariq Wilson. That kid, he's he's got fireworks on it, every position. That kid can make it to the finals. I mean, I think that they're the they're the favorite for the ACC for me. I think they take the ACC. I think they knock off Virginia Tech. Um, it's going to be tight. It's going to be a really close one. It's going to come down some bonus points, I think. But I think, I think I go, I'm going NC State, State too. Really. Just I think they got a little bit better of a tournament team than a dual team. Um, I know they lost the dual tech on criteria, but I think they're be- they'll they'll come out with more champs, and they're they're going to have more points at the end of the day. Uh, 
And I, I think Carolina's going to do well. So. They just don't have the horses to contend for the title yet. Um, but, man, Zach. Mm-hmm. Of course, they're led by O'Connor right there at, one, at 149, number one. I think he wins it. I, I think you think he wins ACCs or you think he wins, wins Nationals? Uh, he's a monster. Dude, I don't know. Sammy I think Sasso's he wins gonna the National O'Connor. this year. I don't know. I think Austin O'Connor can put it Man, together. Man, I don't know about I that. I think he can do it. I, I think O'Connor's going to finish high. And I, I, I like Chapel Hill. and I, I'm, I'm rooting for North Carolina schools. But I think Sammy Sass is a little, little better there, uh, at least at least for now. Um, but they also have – I mean, I like their 141-pounder, Zach Sherman. He's a Blair, uh, Blair Academy product. He's real tough, hard-nosed kid. He – He's a uh, he's one that's going to be kind of sneaky as far as like he's going to wrestle everybody tough at at the tournament. So uh, I I like to see him do well. Uh, and then man, I'm, I'm wait I've been waiting to see is Kennedy Monday gonna and bust back through. He had like that sensational NCAA's as a freshman where he upset Joey Lavalley at the two seed and. Man, he looked great, and he teched right. David McFadden last year before NCAA's, and man, then he goes and he's up like eleven three or something like that against Jake Keating and loses eighteen fifteen. So I, and gas. I watched that match, and first and second period, like first period, he looked great. But that third period, he was laying there and just gassing. I think Monday turns it on. I mean, he's a Monday. I think he's going to turn it on. I think we've seen him with the big wins. We've seen him knock off big names. We know that he can wrestle with them. We know that he can beat them. I think for him, it's just putting together the right tournament. I mean, I don't know if if it's a cut thing. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he beats Marinelli from Iowa or anything like that. But I do think that Monday All Americans for sure. Um I would say I I'm looking forward to seeing him and Keating. I think it's gonna be him and Keating for the ACC championship. I mean I think they both make the finals and I think Kennedy beats him um at ACC's and then I'm gonna say that Monday all Americans, and of course, we're going to talk more about you know the the NCAA championships whenever they get closer. But that's just where I see Monday wrapping up this season. He's so tough on his feet. He is slick. And he's so long and lanky. He's tough on. He's tough on top. I think he beats Keating at the ACCs. And I, I want think he him really to. I want him to be successful. I really do. Because um, he's you know wrestling for. Chapel Hill, his brother Quincy came to North Carolina to wrestle his last two years, obviously. Um, man, but I just don't – I don't know. Especially if Makai Lewis is back um, and wrestles. He's got Makai Lewis. He's got Jake Wenzel. Uh, he's got Jake Keating. So, I, I, I don't know if I see him winning it. I don't even know if I see him making the finals. But he'll be in NCAAs and – that all that matters is what you what you do that weekend, right? So, we'll we'll see going forward. But right, I completely I completely forgot about Makai Lewis. Yeah, that man is a monster. 
if he is healthy and he's ready to roll, uh, that's a tough one. But like we said before, Kennedy has knocked off those guys. He's knocked off the number two before. I think for him, it's just coming out and wrestling his yeah. match and, and I mean the, pushing his pace. The match he can do the it. The match in the duel was put together. pretty competitive between him and Makai. So it, he, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I just I think I got to see it first before I take it. But overall, the Carolina program they're going to send five, six, seven guys to the tournament. Probably I'll probably go with probably the, the six range. Um, I mean, they're building too. I really like what Coleman Scott and crew are doing there. Um, Getting those North Carolina guys in there as well. You know, you got some guys there. Um, So just, just want want to see all our North Carolina programs do well. So ACC's SOCONs this weekend, we got a lot of other schools, like you were saying at the beginning and the top of the program, we, have a bunch of pro college programs here in North Carolina, not not just necessarily like Duke, NC State, App, Campbell, those D1 programs. We've got a lot of smaller programs too that are doing big things. We talked about UNCP a little bit already, um, but Greensboro College has been doing some big things here. They have a high Sue. He's ranked number six in the country right now. Um, and then really big yep. fan. I, I've – talked about him a bunch to different people but josh wilson man i don't know if i was bigger on anyone than uh him last year except for maybe donald cates but josh wilson he he's already up to nine of the country he transferred from campbell to greensboro um back back to his hometown there and i think that kid is special special i think he's multiple time national champ written all over him um i just i think so especially uh, i think birmingham i think birmingham i think heaven's doing a great job up there uh you know we were able to go use their facilities and 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 i've seen that program grow since Wentz started it a few years back and birmingham is doing great things he's recruiting tough kids um, he's bringing in really good guys. High Sue is really putting it together, like you said. I think I, I think I think Sue can really make a run in a national title before he graduates. But I do think that Joshua Wilson most definitely has the potential to be in multiple time NCAA. Hundred percent, man. I like I said, I really College. really like that kid. Um, his style, Southeast Guilford product there. So, and like you said, High Sue's right there too. Like. I'm excited that USA Wrestling is putting on their nationals since D3 nationals uh, from the NCAA perspective isn't happening. So we'll get to see them compete here in a little while. Um, but there's a bunch of other ones. Uh, Mount Olive has kind of like made an emergence. If you guys follow them on social media, they, they do a great job on social media of kind of promote, promoting themselves. And as we got some North Carolina head coaches leading that program. We do. We have, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of that program already. So Dan Willis has been around the sport and down in the Wilmington area with Laney forever. We have a, a absolute North Carolina legend and Alan Sewell, who's an assistant coach there. 
Coach Sewell. I've known him my entire life. I'm pretty sure that man was at the hospital whenever I was born. Um, they are two of the greatest minds in this sport, and they are right here in North Carolina. And one thing I love about this program is that they're recruiting North Carolina kids. They are homegrown. You look at their roster, and you have to scroll to find a kid that's not from North Carolina. And not only are they recruiting North Carolina kids, but they are finding success. They already have – they just started – this is their first year competing, and they've got three wins already now. They just beat Coker in an awesome duel for their first home win. You know, Dan Willis, he's he's doing big things down there. And I'm really excited to see what they do. I'm a big fan already. I, I really – I am a massive fan of UMO and what they're doing. I think it's going to be great. I think their future is bright. Of course, I'm always going to cheer for somebody like Alan Sewell and Dan Willis down there in the same program. But their kids are having success. They're doing something right. And it's awesome. Like I said, I know I can't say this enough, but – they're bringing it – they're succeeding with North Carolina kids, with kids from our state who are studs and bringing them into that room and finding success. For sure. Success and on one kid that I, I've been noticing that's really having a lot of success there is uh, Hayden Waddell. And he's uh, he was a North Carolina 1A state champ three times, um, wrestled for his dad at URA Charter. He's wrestling 133. It looks like he's been doing really well. Um, getting some good results. And then I'm scrolling through the roster right now. Like we were talking about a lot of North Carolina kids and a name popped out to me that I hadn't seen on the roster before. Uh, I might've either glanced over it or um, just hadn't noticed, but uh, back in North Carolina is Kevin. And I'm a butcher last name, man. Kevin Savara, Savaria um, wrestled for Laney, two time state champ. Um, so he, he's back in North Carolina. That kid could be really special at 125 for Mount Olive. Um, so I'm going to dive back into him and see, see if he has any results on the year. Uh, he's a registered junior now. I know he spent some time in Iowa. Um, That's what I was thinking. He was, he was up in a, in a dude, program up in Iowa. Dude, he was so good. But that kid was a stud yeah. for Laney. I remember watching him at the state tournament. Yeah, he was he, uh, he was, he was a runner-up as a sophomore, and then he won two titles back-to-back the next two years. And, man, that kid's good. So, him and Waddell back-to-back, that's that's going to be some, some firepower, I feel like, for Mount Olive. And then there was a kid last year. His name's Tyler Hughes. He uh, won the 152-pound title last year um, at 3A for CBA Cock. And, and he <laughs> – he was a man on a bonus point mission. He bonused everybody last year. It was crazy. I'm not talking about like just the state tournament. He was like bonusing everybody throughout the year. Um, so I'm I'm really interested to see what he looks like as the as he progresses throughout his college career. So he's a guy to keep an eye on off that roster. Definitely. I just counted. It looks like only there's seven guys that are not from North Carolina on that roster. And one of them is their 125 pounder. I want to say it's Lenz Mathurin. Uh, I probably butchered that, that name. I'm sorry if I did, man. But that kid had a massive win against Coker this past week. We shared it on our page. But he hit a lat drop right there at the end. 
and stuck. I believe he stuck the kid, if I remember correctly. But massive burst of energy for that program. And like I said, I I can't wait to see what they do. I'm a big fan uh, of UMO and of those coaches and that roster. I just I can't get over it, and I can't say it enough. They're bringing local kids in and finding success. Yeah, for sure, man. Like I, I it's, it's always awesome. great to see our North Carolina kids out there. Like wrestling at the next level, and I think it's an option that kids need to keep open too. Like, just because you're not going to App or Carolina or NC State or Campbell doesn't mean there's not options out there for you. Um, and just to pay attention and put your name out there for for these schools like Mount Olive. And another one that's a new program um, is Montreat. Jake Britt leading their program. It's kind of closer to us here in our local area. Um, they got a, a kid from Ford named Josh Riggs that he had a big national win just a little while back. And then uh, a kid out from my my hometown area, Jonathan Zafra, he's he's out there wrestling. He's like a 57-pounder crazy. He was like a, he was in the state finals at like 195, and now he's wrestling 57 in college. Um, kind of slimmed up there. But – Montreat's building too, so it's good to see like these these smaller schools in North Carolina kind of building their wrestling programs, starting their programs, and and another one Queens College with a North Carolina native Rob Tate leading the charge. He's he's their head coach. Good old Rob Tate, man. They're down there, and he's he's bringing up big things, man. I'm excited for their program too. I I love Rob Tate. He's a Dude, great guy. Funny story. Great recruiter. Um. The kids that I know that are down there. Yeah, man. I hear great things about, like, just the atmosphere there. Funny story about Rob Tate is, uh, man, he he was my era. So, he's a little bit – he was a little bit older than me. Um, But the the first time that uh, I knew knew his name, there was this kid named Ty Roach that was a state champ, returning state champ from West Carteret. And I thought this kid was just next level – he I, he was from my region, from my area a little bit. And I was like, man, no one's beating this kid. No one's beating this kid. And, and then Rob Tate beats him in the state finals. I'm like, who is that? Like, what? It was, this is crazy. And that was when um, Dusty McKinney won his fourth title. And they they won – East Gaston won those four, first four weights with Jared Grigg and then Rob Tate and then Justin Sparrow and then Dustin McKinney. And I was like, whoa. That, that was crazy. So, R- Rob Tate put up – I never forgot his name after that, and so to see him now leading uh, Queens College is pretty awesome. And like you said, we we have a bunch of kids from our area that kind of ended up on that roster with uh, Melvin Rubio from uh, the school you coach at Inca, and then um, and uh, Alec Baynard, which is the school closest to where I'm at as well. And your brother coaches there, and um, I, I just hear good things about the culture there. And the stuff that Rob Tate's doing. Definitely. I mean, and it's a great school yeah. right outside yeah. Charlotte, if I'm not mistaken, or right in Charlotte. Um, so, great location for, you know, recruiting wise. Um, a school, that, school that's down there also that's bringing in some local guys is, is Belmont Abbey. You know, they're, they're still doing well down there. They're, uh, they're finding success. They've got a 165 that's ranked uh, number nine in Mitch Dean, you know, um, down there at the D2 level that that they're doing well. But 
there was one there was one Division One team that I did want to to bring back up. They've got local local coach, you know, uh, as a North Carolina guy um, with Gardner Webb, and uh, you know they're they're led by by Daniel Elliott. Um, man, I love that program too. That's one of my favorite Division One programs. They're they're right down the mountain from us where we live. Um, you know, and and they're finding success. Success. Um, I think they're a little bit younger. They're they're still growing. You know, one of our guys, Corbin Dion, um, from Inca, he's up there. He's in that room. You know, you know. Whenever I talked to him, he said he was he was really enjoying it. Um, you know, they've got a guy named Trevon Majet. Um, that I believe he transferred from Old Dominion last year, if I'm not mistaken that he has got some firepower in him that he's a, I believe he's at 133 this year. Um, he's either 133 or 141, but that guy could be somebody that, that pops up on the radar radar and does something big at SoCons. Um, you know, he's, he's got that big move potential. I remember, uh, Elliot told us a story last year of him transferring in and it was the first match that he was allowed to wrestle with them. Um, and if I if I remember correctly, it was against App State, and he came up to Elliot and just said, "Man, I want to wrestle, you know, like I, I want to go." And he came out and got a win, you know, like the. And if I'm not mistaken, stuck the kid, stuck the App State guy, and uh, I don't remember who it was, but he's got big move potential and he's an athlete, you know. We'll see what he does, but uh, I definitely didn't want to leave Gardner Webb out. I, like I said, I love that program. They're right down the mountain from us. Um, great coaching staff. Great. Yeah, man. It's, great and like I said, it's crazy. Too. We have all these programs here in North Carolina that are available to our guys. And just a lot of availability for us to watch some good college wrestling, too, which you know that I love. So I can't wait for next year when it's not a COVID world. And we can all safely go and watch some wrestling again and see these duels. I can't wait to come down there and watch a Gardner Webb duel. You know, I can't wait to go up that Boone. I definitely want to go up and see the NC State UNC match next year. Um, you know, definitely want to get down and, and see UMO and see and see Montreat and Davidson and Greensboro College. All these all these programs that we have in this state that are finding success. And uh, you know, I I just feel lucky that that we're For here sure, doing man. all of this. <laughs> so. I think let's let's uh let's head on and uh, end our episode. But next time, let's talk about women's wrestling, dude. I want to get into the women's big board that I've put together about kind of the the sanctioned North Carolina movement that uh, Cheryl Bader's kind of been heading up for us, um, and the importance of that, and then like kind of a little bit of history of North Carolina women's wrestling, um, as far as like how many qualifiers have we had and stuff like that. And, uh, and talk about kind of some of this college program, women's program stuff that's kind of floating around. But so we'll talk about that next time on episode three. Thanks for listening to Carolina takedown talk with Ryan Mitchell and Rhett Hoy presented by Carolina's Matt news.